Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift here for the Quebec Classic, well, the Grand Prix Cycliste de Quebec, rather, the first of two one-day races in Canada. They're back after an, a hiatus due to COVID. And the first one Quebec uh, in Quebec goes around a 12K loop around the Citadel of Quebec. It has 2,400 metres of climbing. Montreal is much hillier. On the start list, we have Pogaccia, Van Aert, Adam Yates, Danny Martinez, Laporte, Morich, Guillaume Martin, Biniam Germay, Kolsnefwar, Godou. So a lot of riders tuning up for Worlds and a lot of riders like Matthews, like Paulus, Bertiol on Bex and EF and Garcia Cortina Aaron Brew on Movistar looking for big points. This race offers the same points as a Monument Classic, 500 to the winner, 400 to second which is more than fifth in the Vuelta. But I'm here with Alejandro, our man on the ground. He does the Lantern Rouge en Espanol videos, but he lives in Canada as well. So he's made his way over to Quebec. What was it like uh, for the riders last night? Pretty relaxed? I know they all had a long flight over. Yeah, I mean, they had a, a long flight. Uh, hello, Patrick, and to everyone listening. Uh, but, I, I mean, last night for them was, I, I think, pretty quiet you know uh, they had like uh, this big room where everyone uh, cyclist organization everyone had like a, a dinner uh, they seemed like pretty pretty well pretty relaxed and they had like enough time to rest and prepare for today's race yeah and you saw like the mechanics were by candlelight or headlight rather were um making or fixing the bikes the i think you got some interviews with winner anacona danny martinez what did danny martinez i feel like i haven't seen him race for a while almost since his liege basque successes what was he looked in good shape what did he have to say and particularly about this race and the rest of his season yeah so yeah i met him after the after the dinner i mean was uh, he looked pretty well you know and what he told basically was that uh, well he was out of the of the world champions uh, because uh, Ineos needed him uh, for the rest of the season so he's going to be like basically in these canadian races then you know the italian classics uh, pantani uh, emilia lombardia etc like he will be making that calendar and for now like he hasn't or he has not any plans, uh, you know, for 2023. He just want to uh, finish the, the season. He told me, like, uh, for example, La Vuelta was never an option uh, because, like, he he just got out from the Tour de France very, very tired. So he just wanted to have some time off the bike, uh, resting and, and then recovering for, like, this final part of the season. 
I'm kind of surprised he's not doing the world championships. Like he, I th- I think if the world championships, if it was in Imola, same parkour as Wollongong, but in Imola, Uran would do it. I'm not sure if Rigo is doing it for Colombia or um, Danny Martinez. You got to remember this guy was up there in Liège and was very very strong. Like it's surprising, and I think the fact that it's in Australia is really putting. Uh, riders off. We also, Alejandro, got a moment with uh, Biniam Germay, who's been back. He was at Bini, uh, Britannia Classic, one of the big contenders for the World Championships, obviously with this parkour, and this is what he had to say about the race he wanted in Quebec. Today, it's, it's going to be, uh, for sure, it's harder, so especially uh, who is this really hard last lap, so I mean, it's uh, the last three key. So, yeah, I'm just expecting uh, to be a small bunch group to have uh, some good experience. Are you going to try a late attack or maybe just uh, back goals for the sprint? I mean, it's all about to have at least as soon as we can small sprint, a uh, small group. So, yeah, for me, I uh, would like to have a, a small bunch sprint, not attack anymore. Yeah, obviously wanting a small group sprint. That's more possible with 2,400 meters of elevation. I should say what the main climb is. is the Côte de Glacis, which is 400 meters at 5.8%. But then there's another little short climb after it. There's a flat section in the middle, though, and it finishes with a false flat uphill. There is a 12% pinch at 100 meters sort of left uh, in this climb, but it's not like Montreal. So, Wavana, Bini, Matthews, they all want to sprint. EF sort of teams more likely to want uh, a an attack from a Betiol, from a Paulus, from a Piccolo. But before we get into the race recap, mention our show partner Zwift, the upcoming changes to Zwift, including the ability to race your segment personal best. And if you're from Canada or North America, you know that winter is coming, so there's no better time to get on Zwift or try Zwift Academy to keep you fit and keep you on top of your training over the winter that's coming. There's also the Zwift Hub, the new trainer released by Zwift, the physical trainer, incredibly priced, on sale from the 3rd of October. You can sign up to note for notifications for when the Zwift Hub goes on sale or to find out more about Zwift and their new smart trainer, head to Zwift.com down below. But anyway, Alejandro, what did you think? How did you think the race would play out? Because it's like there's two races, right? There's the points battle between EF, and I know I keep talking about it, but it really the way the early race played out was the points teams. There's Lotto, Israel, EF, Movistar, Bike Exchange. How did you think they would – whose role would it be them to control or or make the race or Intermarche, Wout, Yumbo, the safe teams but with two big favorites? Well, I mean like what they or, – or the plan they had was like be like more like like in this uh, speculation terrain, you know, like just let Jumbo, let Intermarche uh, do or control the race and see what they could do because, I mean uh, – I think they were trying like more like to take surprise and try to save a lot of energy like as much as they could uh, like to start to make like these late late attacks as we saw for example with Piccolo uh, to other riders you know uh, so I think that was like their plan you know because in the in the bunch of sprint they wouldn't have any option yeah so they had like to come like to this surprise plan see how it will sort out but uh, at the end I think. That was like the more the most proper strategy. They will have like to try to gain uh, those points. For example, we saw 
we also saw when I don't know, I think it was Clark that he was in a yeah. in a chasing group with, with Tradnit, etc. So I think that that was like the better option they would have to gain points. And I, I didn't see like any other scenario where they could for they could, for example, control the bunch, do other things because you know their options will be less. Even even so, there weren't optimal points hunting strategies from these teams today, at least in my opinion. What Lotto did is they've brought a weak team to to Canada. They haven't brought Campanarts, who could do very well on this parkour. They had Grignard in the breakaway. There was Tratnik, I think, bridging across. This is with 40Ks to go. There was a, an early break, sorry, with Tamir, Grignard. Uh, I can't remember who else. It was the break had no chance. Caruso was in there as well. I remember there were like three red teams. And there was a counter move with Clark, uh, with Tratnik, I think, across that, with Piccolo. And it got there, but it got mowed down. This is with 40Ks to go when the race really started to heat up. It was a little bit, little bit sedentary before then. There wasn't too much action. And it was clear what EF's strategy was to roll Betiol, to roll Piccolo and Paulus off the front as much as possible. Magnus Court still, like, this race, Magnus Court should be coming eighth in this race at worst, but he just, he's just no good in them. I don't know what it is. He's done well in San Remo before. Anyway, that's brought back. Yumbo Visma being lent on, but Yumbo, I thought this was, they did a strategy, Alejandro, which, was a little bit different to maybe the conventional one. They let Anchorn, Tosh van der Sander, Laporte, their strategy seemed to be to let them go with moves and sit mm-hmm. in rather than just pull for Waffenau in the sprint. What did you – and Intermarche just sat in and did nothing. Like I, I don't know. Would you be surprised if they did the same thing at uh, Montreal? I'm not sure. Yeah, you know what? I think like when I when I was talking like to the people there, to the cyclists, like I mean, in everyone's mind, uh, there was just like one possible scenario for the finish, and was a punch sprint. So then I think what Jumbo was thinking then was like, okay, just try to save Van Aert for the sprint, and if there are like these uh, late attacks, these uh, counter attacks, then we can just send other riders. But I mean, like they were like for me too confident that they will get in the, into a bunch of sprint, and then Van Aert could win easy, yeah. Because, I mean, in other scenario, because this race, uh, like, in the last years, last editions, you know, it's been, like, too tough, uh, uh, or how how do I say, too tough to surprise, you know? Like, everything is controlled, so they thought the scenario would be the same. And I think if it is another race, then they would have to, uh, they would have used another strategy, you know, like what they have done, for example, in, in the sprint, you know, trying to launch uh, Van Aert from early, that kind of things. But because everyone was thinking just in the sprint here, so... I think that had like a big impact on the strategy that Jumbo used. And yeah, it's this maybe is the one where if you just pull, it just benefits Binium because Binny's Binny was clear. He said to you in the interview, he's going to wait for a sprint. He was just going to sit on Wow for Art, and so you're just having a coin flip sprint between Wow and Binium and maybe even Matthews. Matthews is really good at these uphill drags. Britannia Classic is very similar. He's won that before, and another rider who's won that race would feature very heavily in this. And so, sorry if we're a bit all over the place. It's a late one, but the move with Stan van Tricht is brought back. 
Quickstep don't have an all-out sprinter or puncher like Alaphilippe. Quickstep strategy is the same as EF. On this short climb, I know Godou used it to attack. Roman Bardetri tried to bridge across, but there's this long false flat which just kills solo riders or skinny 60-kilo riders. Stora tried to use it. Honoré went with a move. Paulus with him. But every time, Nathan van Hooydonk, who was leading out Wout van Aert, but then was marking moves, or Pascal Lenkhorn, or Tosh van der Sander would mark it and kill it. And so they're either going to be brought to the finish without working, or Wout would be able to contest the sprint from behind. Becks were also playing with fire. They didn't have riders in the moves. They didn't really have anyone chasing uh, either. So it got to even, and Geraint Thomas started pulling. Uh, Tratnik attacked one circuit as well. Jasper Sturven was pulling. I'm not actually sure in the end who he was going for. Maybe Alexander Camp or Schoens. But we get to the final climb and the French team, Azure Desert Citroën, they've got Greg Van Avermaet, who I think's won this before. They have the best pure puncher in the world, maybe not best overall puncher, but the best pure puncher in the world, Benoit Cosnefois with the skin suit that sort of flaps on the side, launches on the climb, gets huge separation, I think, to Van Hoydonk or Laporte. Was it Laporte behind Alejandro? Laporte. Yeah, it was Laporte. That's the thing that we already mentioned, discussed the TJV strategy. Should he have just dropped back to pull for while behind or you, not? You know what? I, when I when I was looking him at the at the chasing group when Cosner attacked, like all the time he was looking behind, you know, like trying to see oh where is Wout, and I I think that he wasn't like a hundred percent sure like to chase that move or just wait to uh, wait for Wout. But when there was missing like I, I mean seven six hundred meters, he saw they wouldn't cash Cosner uh, Frank. He said okay, just let's go, yeah. But at the end, I mean, he he wasn't pretty sure, you know, like because. You know, I, I mean, the attack that Kosnefra did, I mean, was the perfect one, you know, perfectly timed uh, on, because that was like the perfect part of the of the climb to do it. Uh, and that also creates like that those gaps or uh, those, how would I say, those dubs uh, into the teams because they are not sure if he's going to he's gonna get it, if maybe someone else is going to catch him. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was pretty strange because uh, Laporte wasn't, wasn't sure about what to do. And I was, the minute I saw a 200-meter gap and there's just sprinters in the third group now, so we've got a third group, it's Benny, it's Wout Van Aert, it's Matthews, not too many domestiques. No one wants to work with Wout Van Aert. Why would you sacrifice your race to the finish with those guys in the group? And then group two is Laporte with, I think, Schmidt or Schmidt or Honoré. Uh, sorry if I've mixed them up. Both of them were quite strong. Uh, Van Tricht was also incredibly strong. But let's say it's Schmidt. He's pulling, he's pulling, he's pulling. And I'm like, if Laporte doesn't relay him quickly, this is done. Because, of course, you are not going to pull Christophe Laporte to the finish. And he didn't take over quickly enough. And Kosnefra, on this uphill drag, he won Britannia Classic where he uh, destroyed Alaphilippe in a sprint when he had two the two quick step riders. He wins in a solo move. I called him the best pure puncher in the world, mainly because Benoit Cosnefroy can't get over a 5K 7% climb to save his life. He like he is the OG like three-minute big burst pure puncher guy, and 
it's curious because like you'd think he can um he climbed better but he hasn't and he's sort of this really interesting unique rider and it's a big win for him for AG2R like it's in um in francophone territory and he wins mm. by four seconds out of Matthews Germay Binium Germay third Van Aert fourth Cortina fifth that's big for Movistar Honore sixth Yates seventh Betiol eighth Ulysses ninth Bargui tenth I believe Ruben Guerrero was also in a counter move I glossed over him in front of Laporte Guerrero or Paulus and they got caught just before which cost him but what do you think about Worlds now, Alejandro? Seeing this, I think the Worlds course is closer to this than Montreal. Yeah, I think it's it's closer to this with Alaphilippe a bit. We don't know his status. Posner for they got a they got a ride from a bit as a protected leader. I think. I think like for sure, like looking at what's happening today, like they have to ride differently. Yeah, because like if you are gonna just expect a a, a bunch or a, or a or a reduced sprint. Maybe you will minimize your chances of winning. Like I mean, you have to anticipate. Like try to do, try to do something like what Kozlov did, you know, because uh, you are uh, were like all this time uphill, downhill, you know, uh, and it is a hard a hard course to control. So I expect them riding like more aggressively and like trying to avoid this situation because you know it can happen like the same thing. You know, you just get to it with the peloton, final three k. Everyone is. Uh, you know, the, the, the group is compact and then someone comes with this late attack and then anyone isn't sure about controlling and that could be like the, the winner move, yeah? So I expect, yeah, like something different, you know, for, for that. But for, for sure, I mean, that's why they chose these this races. Um, and Binyam also explained it. I think that that is in, in, the, in the clip. He said, like, the parkour is very similar to the World Champ, so it's, my perfect, it's the perfect way to, to prove how I can do it there. And Matthew's coming second. If you watch the last 500 meters of this, you see the difference in Matthew's was hungry for that second place for the points, even if, because the difference between second and eighth, 400 points for second, 125 for eighth, huge points, 400 virtually saving like exchange single-handedly. Binium going hard too. I think when they were going around uh, on array, Matthews ducked out hard and then Wout stopped his sprint. He didn't fully contest the line for second. Um, but Garcia Cortina, Alejandro Movistar, got to be happy with that. Fifth place, a lot of points. He's competitive. That's what they would have wanted from him. Aaron Baru. Uh, I don't know. He came 55th. It's kind of surprising. Maybe he was working for Garcia Cortina. I didn't see exactly that. Arcas and Yuri Holman and the whole team working, I think, mainly for Garcia Cortina, who has a better sprint than than him. But, yeah, what do you think for Montreal going forward? Is that too hard for Garcia Cortina and they need to go for a Jorge Izaguirre or Aaron Baru? I think the for Montreal it suits better for me uh, to Aramburu, you know. At the end, like this is a more explosive course, you know, and, and the altitude also has a, a big impact. And I think that that was better uh, today for uh, for Garcia. And you see, like he's fifth in that sprint. I mean, when we had here top competitors, like I mean, there, there were here like a like a lot of rivals to to gain those points, and at the end he did it, yeah. But Montreal race is gonna be too different, you know, and uh, and it will be better for Aramburu in my opinion. I mean he can he can do it there 
really well. And maybe they can just like change roles, you know, uh, having uh, Garcia working more for Aramburu or maybe just try to put Garcia in a counter-attack. I don't know, maybe like to, to get like that surprise factor. But I think it, it should play different, you know, because parkour is, it isn't the same. And yeah, well, before we move on, I'll have a quick little preview of that parkour. As a reminder, Pagacha is here. He came, I think, 23rd, which you say, oh, his form's not looking good. But remember, Giro dell'Emilia or Trevella Veracina, he then won Lombardia after not being sort of... Roglic looked much better than him. And so World Champs Road Race is still the best part of two weeks away. I'm not sure we can say definitively, oh, Pagacha's in terrible shape. I think he just is working in. I think Montreal suits him more. I want to see how he goes in the Montreal parkour. Uh, but yeah, an interesting an interesting final. Colson very, very strong, getting it right. Bini looking good, isn't it? We almost take it for, gra- for granted, Alejandro, like a year ago, We'd be like, oh, I was like, oh, Binium, nice prospect, good rider. He wasn't on Intermarche. No, he had just joined them in August from Delco. He's now literally like a favorite to finish in podium for World Tour one day races. Like, this is almost expected from him now. Yeah, I mean, like, this year for him has been amazing, you know, like being like three, four steps forward, you know, like, uh, uh, I, I think like for for this kind of races, he has he has been became like a warranty rider, you know. That you always can trust him, like to to get a win or a top three, top five, top ten result, and that's pretty good for Intermarché, you know. Uh, and at the end, I think that maybe this isn't like his top form, you know. I think he always like has like that margin to do better, yeah. Uh, and I think maybe if he can work a little bit a little bit more like in that consistency, you know, uh, because sometimes he's just like in ups and downs, he will be like you know. Better, better, better from what he's right now. That he's a he's a fabulous rider. I think he rides sometimes quite negatively, and it might even impact his own result. I think he would have he almost well no. I think he cost himself a Giro stage win on the Napoli stage where he re- didn't really relay with Van der Poel and Thomas de Gent won, and Van der Poel was pretty annoyed. I think afterwards. And today, I think it is the right strategy because usually this race can come to a bunch sprint, but I think his plan was just to follow Van Aert. Um, mm. But he, I'd like to see him with the punch, um, but maybe he does, uh, yeah, if you do that, you risk you could win, but you blow up, you don't even come 10th. So I'm not really criticizing. I'm just saying his current strategy is, and he said it before the race, ride for a sprint. Anyway. Yeah. Montreal, much harder, 227 Ks. Uh, it's on Sunday, right? Right. Sunday mm-hmm. night for Europe. 2.3 Ks, 6.2% is the main climb. It's got a 10% 500-meter section in it, but there's also on this 12.5 K circuit uh, like three or two other little punches. So the final ascent of that, though, is 11 Ks from the finish, and then there's two little bumps afterwards this is very hard this course i think i think betiol or i think ef are going to do better here i think this is more for a betiol piccolo powerless attacking and i think van art is going to have to be more aggressive on this course what do you 
What are you expecting from this race? Do you think it's too hard for Binium uh, and Matthews? Well, you know, I think, for example, in the case of Binium, he has to do like the same. Just try to be on the wheels. I mean, this is going to be a harder race for him because I expect like, you know, less control, more attacks from Van Aert, Petiol, uh, even like the Movistar guys, you know, because the parkour is tougher and, you know, it is like perfect like to play with those strategies, offensive strategies. So I expect like a race that will be harder to control. Uh, but for sure, I think that like what we, well, from what we saw from today, many teams have like to, to ride differently, you know, for example, Jumbo, I expect them riding more, more aggressively because if they come to a bunch of sprint, then this can happen again. Uh, and also, for example, well, I would say, you know, bike exchange just has to be expecting of what Jumbo is going to do. Also, Ineos, I mean, Ineos can ride differently, you know. Uh, they had today Yates Martinez. Jades is Yates good. Yeah, top I mean, 10 here. Yeah, like, yeah. He was looking good. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, this, this, was, this course didn't fit, in, uh, fit him like that much, you know. And Montreal is better for him. So maybe Ineos can also do something different, you know, try to play him like from a far attack, something like that, because he's in good shape. So, I mean, we can see a completely different race, in my opinion. But it all depends on the attitude that those teams have. And, I mean, Bike Exchange and EF are looking good. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a really difficult race for Yumbo to control, mainly because the guys they used to control moves today by sending them with them, Enkorn, Van Hoydonk, Van der Sander, uh, Laporte, they're good riders, but this profile suits them more. And if the race is hard and with that accumulation of climbing, even if a lot of it might be shallow gradient, that might thin out Wout's teammates a little bit into the last two, three laps. Look out also for Morich, Tratnik, Caruso on this sort of course. I think it could be quite an open race. I think, if, especially if you're EF, that's what you should do. Warren Bargui is someone that came 10th here. Arkea came 10th and 11th. Um, it's suiting those lighter guys more. Like when you compare the, the top, just two, three, five here, Matthews, Binium, Van Aert, Garcia Cortina, from compared to 7th through 10th, Yates, Beriol, Ulisi, Bargui, the latter half are the sort of guys who have more of an advantage in Montreal, but should be a good race. By the way, uh, Bike Exchange and EF are now level with Cofidis and just 140 points behind Arkea in the ranking. They are way ahead now of Lotto and they might be 1,000 points plus clear after Montreal, thanks to Rahul. For, he updated that at 10.30 about 15 minutes ago. Um, so huge moves here for, for teams. For Gatcha, though, do you, reckon he's, do you reckon he's a chance or is he just you don't trust his shape at this time? You know, I'm thinking more about Ulysses. You know, Ulysses? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, the parkour from Montreal is better for him like, than, than this from Quebec. And he looked good today, you know? Yeah. And I think Pogacar, like, he's missing like that little point. But as you said, like he's in a rider that specifically has like to be on top form, like in every race. He's you know like maybe he can just be uh, more like expecting uh, to like to to ride this way and then like try to gain that point once he's in the in the world champs. 
I think you're right. Ulysses came ninth here, and he's won Montreal in 2017. So I think Pagach is not greedy. He has his big targets, monuments, grand tours, world championships, but he always seems to have been happy to have his teammates who suit the races go for those. But yeah, that was the Quebec, uh, the Grand Prix Cycliste Quebec. We've got the Montreal Roundup on Sunday. Thanks, Alejandro, for joining, for hustling from the race and for the That's clips and everything uh, that we had. I really Let us know in the comments. I would, I'm just trying something new with... Um, with Quebec and adding some different things and make sure you go and follow Alejandro on Twitter. It's linked down below, but yeah, what are your plans tomorrow? Is there a press event tomorrow for Montreal? Uh, I think there is a, an event, but I mean like kind of a, of a criterion, I think so. Uh, but I won't be like that much on there because I have like to use that the day, like to uh, use the train and go from Quebec to Montreal and set up all things for, for the rest of, of the Sunday. All right, sweet. We'll check back in on Sunday. But otherwise, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for Zwift for sponsoring the show as always. And we'll see you, I'll see you with Welter Stage 20 tomorrow. Ciao.